Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to Ash Brian Radio Show on KTF 1220 and 98.1 FM. Now, for those of you who have never, ever listened to the Ash Brian Radio Show, we've been doing this now for five years and eight months. Long, long time. We've seen a lot. Today's uh, another unusual show for us. We have a, a fabulous guest. We also have, as we know, Patrick left our show last week, but we have a great, enthusiastic replacement. His name is Matt. Matt, say hello. That's me. Hello. All right. So he's going to be taking over for Patrick. It'll, be a, it'll take a little while to come up to speed for him. But he's going to come in and do a great fabulous job for us. Now, for all of those who have never listened to the Ask Brian radio show, we are a business resource where we try to help businesses learn something about business. Sometimes we'll have a founder. Sometimes we'll have a serial entrepreneur. Sometimes we'll have somebody that's just created a new, a new brand new product, or sometimes we'll teach you something about social media or website design or something about how to get your business going. That's our goal. And each week, every Thursday, 1 to 2 p.m., that's what we do live in Los Angeles. Now, for those of you that have never listened to the show, everybody wants to know why is Ask Brian spelled with an E? Because it's A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N. Now, most people, like myself, when I grew up, I knew a couple of people named Brian, so it's B-R-Y-A-N or B-R-I-N, but nobody ever spelled the name Brian with E, except for the Irish family down the street, the O'Briens. They had an E in it, but very few people had the name, and had the letter E in Brian, and so everyone asked us, why is it spelled with an E? And we came up with a whole bunch of reasons. Matt, this is the first time he's doing this, so let's see, uh, cut a little slack today. I won't do it any other time, but for today, I'll cut slack. Next week, forget about it. Anyway, so give us one reason why S. Brian is spelled with an E. Well, first of all, Peter, I'm honored to be replacing Pat T and happy to be Matt T and helping along <laughs> the show here. I have a few ideas, but the first one is for education. And the reason... The reason we have education is because the Ask Brian Show tries to educate listeners each week about businesses. That's a good one. Are there any other reasons why Brian is spelled with an E? I'm trying to think about a few here, but I believe there's another one here that starts with an E, and that would be experts, because our guests are experts in their field, and they become experts based on a few different levels of circumstances that they have to go through in their lives to be deemed that. Well, what's the criteria to become an expert? Well, it's usually time that's the biggest component of becoming an expert. To become an expert, you need 10,000 hours of doing one particular thing to be considered an expert in the field for it. Do you want me to go through all the numbers right here for you, Peter? Because there's a lot. You don't have to, but I mean, like, I'm an expert in brushing my teeth. I must have brushed my teeth what is that, like two minutes a day for 365 days at 700 minutes times 50 years? That's what? That's 35,000. So I must be an expert in brushing my teeth. 
Um, you know, they, they, anyway. the dentists, nine out of 10 dentists say that flossing is actually way more important than brushing, but I am happy to hear about your oral hygiene. That is very, <laughs> very impressive. Uh, let, so, me, um, let me get deeper into the numbers for you. To, for those 10,000 hours, the way if you want to break it down to really become an expert, there's 52 weeks in a year. You give two weeks for vacation. We all need a little rest and relaxation, right? Little R&R. So we'll call it 50 weeks in the year, and there's 40 working hours per week. So when you multiply 40 working hours by 50 working weeks, there's 2,000 hours in the year. To get to 10,000 means about five years of doing whatever it is in your field to actually be considered an expert in it. I want you an entrepreneur like our guests and other entrepreneurs that are on our show when they're working 200 hours a week, and so they probably can do it in a year. But I get what you're saying, Matt. That, that sounds pretty, pretty right on point. What are the other reasons why Brian is spelled with an E? He is also for experience, because experience counts. That, that, that sounds actually pretty similar to the excellent part. So let's go on. What are the other E's that we have? Give, give us some more examples. Well, you know, something that I personally am not is E for enthusiasm, because being enthusiastic always leads to excellent results. And that's another E for you. Wow, that's a double E. So you got excellent results and enthusiasm. If you're enthusiastic about what you're doing, it's almost like being passionate. That's not an E, but it's like being passionate. When you're enthusiastic, you're more likely to push it through and make sure it gets done because you have that enthusiasm. So that, that's a really, really good one. I think there's a couple more E's, and I know the show is waiting to start. I know I guess you're like going, what did I get myself into? I mean, are we going to just talk about it either? Are we going to talk about my business? I mean, what's going on here? But so let's go over. I think there's like, there's a couple more, but let's, let's go over another E, maybe one or two more, and then, and then we're going to get, get into the show because I guess you're like, huh, what did I sign up for? <laughs> sure, I will do it. I will go through these last few E's enthusiastically. How does that sound? So one of the other ones we have is excitement. Because being excited. Excitement. Woo, woo, woo. Myself? <laughs> being excited gets you going, just like you right there, Peter. Oh, it's like it's better than the Red Bull. I can't wait. I can't think you the good. We're going to agree to disagree on that one. I love a Red Bull, but uh, no, okay. Excitement <laughs> definitely seems to get you going, and that you're the host. So we, need that out of here. we can get Red Bull to sponsor us. You know, I'll tell everybody that I'm taking a Red Bull, and maybe it'll give me a free, free Red Bull for life. I'll, get uh, some, I'll, I'll make some calls, call. Peter. I'll have my people talk to their people. We'll get it done. Don't worry. We got another one here. E is for entrepreneur. Because most of our listeners are, in fact, business owners. Well, that, that, that's a great one. I mean, there's so many E's. I, I mean, I think every, the show should be called the E Show. Maybe not the Brian Show. That's Brian Show. Maybe we should push the name to the E Show. That's what, that's what we're doing. We're giving out a lot. Of, now, when I was in grade school, they used to give me the report card. They used to give me an E, a G, an S, or a U. And E was excellent. That was like getting an A. So, I mean, that, that's what I'm thinking about, the E's. I think there's two more, but I'm, we're just going to roll one more, and then we're going to go into the show because we have to get, get some things going here. So what's the last E, Matt? Drum roll. Do we have a drum roll? No, no. Da, 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 da. No, we don't. Da, 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 da. What? E, 
is for empathy because being in someone else's shoes helps you to understand your audience, your customers, and the products and services that you offer to them. Well, I don't know about you, but my size, my shoe size is an E, is, is a 9E. So that's also another E, and it's also size 9. But I would have trouble getting into a size 8. So that would be a problem for me. I don't know if I could be in someone else's shoes, but I certainly could if they were in a size 10. Thanks a lot, Matt. Now, you know that I start the show every week with, without any further ado, why do I like the word ado without any further ado? Ado, one of my favorite words as well. French origin, I believe, Peter, but it is because it only has one consonant and the rest of the letters are vowels. Wow, that's amazing. One last one we're going to do for Tracy, who's our normal co-host, who's not available today, and that is she likes that movie Grease Lightning, a list of fine. And thanks a lot, Matt. You've been great. Next week, I'm going to, you know, bust you a little bit harder, but thanks very much. And without any further ado, we have Michael from Turn Food. Michael, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Peter. Is Matt no longer with us the rest of the show? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. Easy. Well, I just wanted to point out that I think you, you both are experts at coming up with reasons why Ryan is filled with an E. <laughs> Thank you very much. That might be because of 10,000 hours. <laughs> yeah, I, that, it seemed like it. <laughs> so, Michael, I'm really glad. And I am glad to have you on the show. A couple of things I wanted to go over. You have a new company. It's called Churn Foods. What is that all about? Yeah, so I started Churn about two and a half years ago. We sell grass-fed flavored butters, all chef-crafted organic grass-fed, meaning the cows are fed grass. There are a lot of healthy omega-3 fats in our butter. But really what separates our butter from any other butter that you'll find is the flavor. We put a lot of different chef-crafted ingredients into our butters, like garlic confit and shallot confit. A confit, so what it means for us is we slow cook garlic and shallots in olive oil for about three hours. It produces a really rich and creamy product beyond that of a roasted garlic or a roasted shallot. And that's kind of the foundation behind a bunch of our recipes. We have nine different flavors. And on my background is as a chef. I worked in fine dining after I graduated from business school at Miami, And it was there where my love for butter kind of went beyond that of loving it as a kid and spreading it on my bread to understanding it more for its potential to elevate cooking. And I saw a huge disparity between how chefs perceive butter and how the general consumer perceives butter. And the marketplace really reflects the latter. So it really is a category that has lacked innovation for a long time. It's dominated by big dairy, you know, with Lander Lakes and Challenge. And there's a lot of room for a brand like Churn to come in and pioneer a new movement with butter. So that's what we're really looking to do. So it sounds like, you know, most people that I talk to, and myself included, when I talk about butter, to me it's a commodity, right? To me, you know, it doesn't matter which butter. I mean, I think when I grew up, my parents had something called Breakstone, which is a New York-type butter, which I don't even think they have any on the West Coast, Breakstone. And they went all the way up through, you're right, the Land O'Lakes, and I know they had things like butter, like the parquet and margarine and things like that. But I never, ever thought. I thought, you know, you go in and you go to the store and you buy butter, and, you know, it's on A, brand name, because your family was always buying it, or B, you know, you buy the cheapest one around. Now, it's amazing or interesting about your story here is you're kind of differentiating your butter from regular standalone 
butter and commoditize butter by using the, the, the flavors. So it's an interesting concept, an interesting story. Are there other butter companies out there? I don't know. I don't know if you want to mention any competitors, but have tried to not commoditize the butter and come out with other things similar to yours. You raise a good point with the commoditization of butter. You know, I mean, this can be a longer conversation, but going back 50 years, we were told all by the FDA that fat is bad, and that's kind of what happened to butter is that people started to perceive it as an unhealthy, and we started using margarine, and the quality of the product started going down. If you go to Europe, you know, they're really obsessed with butter, and they've got a lot of different varieties and different variations of butter fat, and so... That's kind of what we're looking to do. And to answer your question about competitors, there are a few regional competitors in the flavored butter category. There's no one doing it in California. There are a few spread out around the country, and they either do grass-fed and not as much flavor, or they're doing some of the flavor but not grass-fed or not organic. So we really feel like we're distinguished between the flavor and the organic grass-fed health aspect of it. You mentioned that a little earlier, and, you know, again, I don't want to get too micro here, but, I mean, grass-fed, I mean, what does it matter where the cow or where he's getting, is eating? I mean, does it matter if he's eating grass-fed or, you know, artificial or whatever? I mean, how, how yeah. does that affect? it matters a lot. It matters a lot for the health of the cow and then hence the health of us as we consume the product. Cows are really meant to eat grass. They're meant to be pasture-raised, and as you know, the food industry developed, we started feeding them corn and grain because it was cheaper. And so with grass, cows get a lot more vitamins A through K, and then that passes on to the butter. So we're getting all those healthy fats, healthy vitamins A through K. They're really heart healthy, brain healthy. And so it's night and day. If you look at grass-fed butter, it has double the amount of healthy omega-3 fats to even olive oil or avocado. And so, you know, while it is a dense, heavy fat and concentration, it, it can be really healthy. Now, it's really meant to be used in moderation, but, you know, it really gets a bad rep, butter in general. And we're really, you know, with the organic aspect and the grass-fed aspect, we're really trying to change that. So how do you monitor that? Okay, you know, we're a company. You're not going to have people going to the farms and saying, aha, you know, maybe an audit maybe, but how, how do you even know that it's grass-fed? Well, we work directly with a farm in Northern California, and they have all the cows on there. They're all pasture-raised. I mean, they're, you know, they pass any audits and are monitored heavily by the FDA. So we work directly with them, and we bring the butter down to L.A. where we manufacture. Now, that's another thing. So if butter is coming from Northern California, I would think that, you know, milk has to be refrigerated. It must take a while for the product to get to you, all in refrigeration, and then after that, then you're making these specialized butters, and you have to keep them, again, refrigerated. And then to send them out to people, you know, if somebody in New York wants it, you got to send it out to them. I mean, that, that sounds like a, lot, a high cost, I would think. It, uh, you, to, yeah, to be able to it's do a something. good point. That, that's why our butters are priced at $8.99 or $9.99. It's not meant to be, you know, at least right now, in the Albertsons and the Kroger's of the world, with inflation, the cost of gas water, labor, everything is much higher. So, yes, you raise a really good point. It's way more expensive in every single facet of the business to not only get the raw materials, but to then manufacture and then send them. The freight is like two times as expensive as it was even a year ago. So, 
yeah, we, we, we're facing a lot of costs and we're doing our the best we can to offer still a competitive price point to, to retailers. And how many people work for your company? How many people? We've got five people right now full time. And does that include the, uh, the plant workers or just the corporate? Just, sorry, say that one more time. Is that just the corporate people or does that include the, the workers on the line? No, just the corporate. That doesn't include people working on the line or working in our farmer's markets, doing demos and retail, et cetera. And you have a factory where this is being made or using somebody's factory or how is that being done? Yeah, so we use what's called a co-packer. And when I, you know, scheming up this company and thinking about ways, you know, and how we could manufacture, I had no idea what a co-packer was. A co-packer is another... We're going to discuss that. Now, our co-host is now joining us. Mandy, Mandy, say hello. Hello. All right. Be be enthusiastic. You know, remember, that's one of the E's of S. Bryant. Be enthusiastic, excited. You know, it's not like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, but something along those lines. So the product itself, okay, how can people get this product? Oh, great question. So if you're local to L.A., we're in retailers like Erewhon, Bristol Farms, more higher-end retailers. Down south, if you live in Orange County or San Diego, we're in Jimbo's. And then, obviously, Bristol Farms stretches down to Irvine down there. We just launched in Texas at a retailer named Central Market, which we're really excited about. But then nationwide, other than California and Texas, we're available through our website or through Amazon, and we ship directly to you. So uh, one of the questions I have is you told me you're getting this, you're going to own this grass-fed cows in Northern California. And that's great for Southern California. Now for Texas, are you going to find other farms in that state and, and use a local coal packer there, or are you going to do it all here and then ship it off? We're going to do it all in California. We work closely with the California Milk Advisory Board. If you've ever in a retailer seal on a dairy product that says real California milk, that's the real California Milk Advisory Board, and they monitor closely. They're funded by the dairy farmers of California, and they help a lot with a lot of different facets around the business. And so we work closely with them. So we're committed to using California butter, and in particular, grass-fed butter. Now, as we and scale, it's a good question. As we scale, you know, and we're doing nation, perhaps, you know, it, it may not be feasible to use ex- exclusively California butter. But for, for right now, we're using California grass-fed butter, and manufacture all in California. What is the shelf life of the butter? Is it the same as regular butter, or is it different? The shelf life is slightly less than the regular butter. The reason why is because of all the fresh ingredients that we're putting in, the fresh herbs, the fresh garlic, the garlic confit and shallow confit. The, the shelf life is between three and four months, so you still have a really long shelf life. It's, it's more than any yogurt or, or dip, but it's not going to last six or seven months like your, your regular unsalted or salted butter will. Do you, I, I know you have all these flavors, which is an interesting concept and definitely a niche in that, in that area. But my question is, you know, I'm just an old, old folk guy, and I just like my butter on bread. I just want regular, normal butter. Do you have a regular butter or an all specialized? Well, we, do, we don't have any regular butter. We're all into the flavored butters. We feel like... <laughs> You know, other companies do regular butter pretty well, and that category is really saturated. This is something that's really new, the flavored butter whole sector, and that's really what we're trying to pioneer. The butters, you raise a good point. The butters are great to spread, but they're really meant to cook with. With any protein, vegetable, pasta, you can put it on steaks, you can put it on chicken, you can put it on vegetables, potatoes, pasta, or even just make simple garlic at home. So they're really meant to 
be used all across your kitchen and elevate any dish that you could imagine. I have one more question before we switch to Mandy, and that is, I, I had a conversation with you yesterday, and I just want to make sure I'm clear. So this is, for dietary purposes, this is more along the lines of the keto concept, where it's high protein, high quality along that line, or, or is it a mistake? Yeah, they're very keto-friendly. There's not much protein in it, but it's a high fat, and there's there are no carbs in it, no sugar. We don't put any added sugars at all. The one flavor that has sugar, if you would call it that, is the maple cinnamon. It has grade A New England maple syrup. So they're very keto-friendly. The keto people love us because they can put it all over their steaks and all over their chicken, all the proteins that they eat. So they're great for those trends, even paleo. They're great for paleo. So they're really great, like... So any protein, vegetable, pasta, even if you're keto, you can do a low-carb pasta. So they're really designed to be cooked with and used to elevate any dish that you want to cook at home. Okay, Mandy, you had a, cu- a question? Yeah, and y- this may have already been asked before I joined, but what's the, what's the process for making butter? Well, the process for making, are you asking b- regular butter or our butter? Y- your butter. What is the process so, that you guys are to make it? So we bring in the butter from Northern California. We work directly with the farm. And then we bring in big cases of unsalted butter. And then basically we are putting it through food processors with our house-made ingredients, like the garlic confit, the shallot confit, the fresh garlic and shallots and herbs, sea salt balsamic. We're putting that into a food processor, mixing it up, and then we're basically filling, sealing, and lidding, and packing out for retail. So what, what gave you the idea for making flavored butter? Well, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I I worked for, for years in fine dining as a chef and I learned all about butter beyond, you know, just loving it as a kid and using it to spread on my bread. I learned how to cook with butter, how to make flavored butters, compound butters, finishing butters. There are a lot of different terms that are used for flavored butter. And I really just fell in love with the product. I fell in love with its potential to, you know, elevate any meal or really just indulge simply spread on bread. It's really an amazing product that I think is incredibly misunderstood and misrepresented because it's so misunderstood. And so it really got to a point for me where I felt like I needed to see the idea through because I was just, I was so in love with the product and it was also at a time where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. Peter, I know is a corporate attorney and I was actually thinking of going to law school. I took the health set, but I just, I had this idea for churn and it got to a point where I really needed to see it through. Well, you definitely have a passion for butter. That, I'll say that. And, and that's, yeah, that's yeah. a big thing, right? You have a passion for your product. That's important. And there's not a lot of people out there doing it. That's another thing. I was thinking more along the lines of, of high-end restaurants to start with. And then, you know, even medium-sized, middle-sized restaurants, because that's something that can differentiate them themselves and their products, right? You know, you go to a high-end place, and instead of offering regular butter, they've got three different flavors. And they can offer it there, and they're charging two hundred dollars a meal. So it's it, you know those customers will easily pay. Yeah, the food service angle is something that we really want to tap into. When I first started the company, you know, I was coming from fine dining, and I was coming from a place where you were taught to really make everything yourself. And you know, I was kind of I was working in really high fine dining in New York, and that kind of motto doesn't exist everywhere. I think I was a bit naive where I thought, oh, chefs, you know, they're going to want to make their own compound butters. And I think it's more of a retail retail product. But the more I've spent, obviously, learning in the last three years, 
buying the company, I realized that food service could really just be a huge potential for added revenue for us. Because there are a lot of restaurants out there that struggle with the same issues that we do, with, like everyone does with, with labor costs. And, you know, if we could provide, you know, a chef-crafted butter to restaurants so that they don't have to make it, I could see it being really mutually beneficial. We have to take a, a two-minute break with our spouse, and I, I actually know that person very well. <laughs> Mandy, are you there? You know what? I am here. Exactly. So, Michael, this is the question I want to ask you. You technically have told us the answer, but it could be slightly different. So I want to know, what was the aha moment when you were working as a chef and said, aha, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to go out there and make sure it happens? What was that aha moment? That's a great question. I don't think I had the aha moment quite when I was a chef. I, I ended that career in late 2018, and then it took a year for me to really decide, and there was that point where I thought I wanted to go to law school. But I think the aha moment, it took a while, but I became really jaded with the restaurant culture and the industry. I was looking for something more intellectually stimulating, and I always dreamed about having a product in retail, and so that was kind of the impetus to start the business. But the aha moment, I think, perhaps came... In 2019, when I was, you know, studying for the LSAT and probably hating my life and just thinking what, you know, all about butter, I couldn't stop thinking about butter. And I think it wasn't like a singular moment. It was really a gradual process. But like I said, it just got to a point where I had to see it through and I had full support of family and friends. And then I started and the pandemic happened. So it, you know, it all turned out to be great. And in the end, it's, it's, it's been a blessing, but yeah. So why flavors? Why flavors? Yes. They're really, all the butters are meant to enhance your cooking. So they're meant to be put on fish. They're meant to be cooked with vegetables and steak. Like when people try our butters, you know, however they want to cook with it, they really have like a, a massive reaction, whether it's trying it at a, at a demo at a retailer or at the farmer's market, or I see people's reactions on Instagram or TikTok, like, People fall in love with the product and the flavor behind the product. There's really not anything like that, you know, I like that out in retail. So it's something new that we're trying to do. And it requires a lot of it, even just plain butter. You can use it for so many things. And there's a huge education piece that we really bear the responsibility of, of providing to people. Great. Man, you just texted me. She had a question. So what was your question? Yeah. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced? I think the biggest challenge as far as professional has been, you know, you make your product and you spend so much time perfecting your craft, manufacturing, and then you basically release, release a lot of control to the distributor. And so having a good distributor, it's really difficult these days. And we, we have a ton of problems, you know, in retail with out of stock and shortages. And it's been really challenging to have synergy between the retailer and us. And between that is the distributor. And so that's been a huge challenge for us. Now, as we grow and you get more volume, you know, your priority for your brand becomes more for the distributor. But, you know, being such a small brand, it's hard to find a distributor that really prioritizes your product and ensures that there's going to be sufficient inventory at all stores all the time. Good question. I, I think more of a personal angle to that question is, is well, staying back. Well, yeah. Mandy, you had one more question while you were asking Michael. So finish up the question yeah. and we'll go over some information. I know a lot of viewers are asking, 
Where or where can I get this? Well, so I mentioned earlier that you, it's available at Erewhon and Bristol Farms. Gelson's is actually going to launch in about a month from now. If you're in Texas, be sure to go to Central and Jimbo's down in San Diego. But they'll, those retailers will only have about three or four of our flavors. All nine of our flavors are available on our website. It's churnfruits.com. We'll ship directly to you wherever you are across the country in two days or less. And then also on Amazon. So you can purchase two packs of any of the flavors on Amazon. And so it's either DCC to our website or Amazon or retailers in Southern California or Texas. And spell out your website because not everybody has that. Sure. It's churn foods, C-H-U-R-N foods, F-O-O-D-S.com. And also we put out a lot of content on our social media accounts. It's churn foods on Instagram and churn foods on TikTok. We've had a lot, a lot of recipe content on there, out there that people get really excited about, and it's really fun and exciting content there. All right. And so before we, we have one more question, but before we get there, I just want everybody to realize that the Ask Brian podcast is available on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, everywhere you find your podcast. Ask Brian, you can get the Ask Brian podcast. You listen to it without commercial break anytime you want. Usually it takes about a week to get posted, and people can go out there and listen to the Ask Brian podcast and go learn by getting a business education right on the spot. Now we have about another two minutes left and Mandy had a question. She's been asking me and texting me, Peter, I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question. So are we there yet? Are we there yet? We're there. Oh, uh, Mandy. So it is not really good for said Peter. <laughs> no, I was just wanting to kind of get back on that question we were talking about earlier. You know, if you if you wanted to offer more explanation on the challenges you, you currently face today. Yeah, I think my biggest challenge is staying balanced between, you know, my professional life and my personal life. I think the two really play together. I, I feel like I just, the business with me and I am the business. But it's really important to treat it more like a marathon rather than a sprint and not you know, work from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. every single day, you know, it, it's really a marathon. I got to stay balanced and I got to take breaks and give myself time to heal and stay healthy and spend time with family and friends if I, you know, if I could just continue working. Because lately it's just been 14-hour days back to back to back and it's not really sustainable. So I guess, you know, something that I would really tell fellow entrepreneurs is really be mindful of, Staying balanced in your personal and professional life and try to, at least to the best of your ability, separate the two. Because at the end of the day, you have to protect your own, you know, mental well-being because if you don't, the business will suffer. Yeah, that's great advice. That's that's amazing advice. Well, we certainly appreciate your time. And obviously, you know, you can share it with your people that listen to the show. We're looking forward to seeing it. Gelson's and do you think maybe someday we'll see it as a wild thing and the safe ways or or you think it's only limited? No, someday. I think perhaps maybe, you know, a year or two years from now, we'll have different packaging, you know, perhaps a bigger package at one of those stores or smaller. But right now, you know, our, our costs are eight ninety nine, nine nine, and it's just slightly too high for the Ralph and the Kroger outlets of the world. Well, thank you very much, Michael. Thanks, Mandy. Thank, thank uh, you. Thank you. 1220, 98.1 FM, the Gus Bryan Show. Over and out. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian radio show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.